Now, the worship service of Avon United Methodist Church, located at 130 Genesee Street in Avon, New York. Pastor Keith Griswold. Welcome to worship with the Avon United Methodist Church. Morning. Hope you're all doing well on this lovely wet day or wet weekend. We want to welcome those who are joining us online and those who join us on the radio. And I would ask all of you to please have an attitude of prayer as we begin this worship service. Gracious, loving God, we do thank you this day. We ask, Lord, that as we come before you, your spirit would be poured out upon us. And in this time in your sanctuary, we would find peace and rest and renewal. Lord, we have lifted up the names of families and friends who are in need this day. And you know the circumstances better than we do. And we ask in a special way that you would be with them. That your hands would be upon them, bringing health. May your spirit be with them and give them comfort and peace where we know that you are in control. We just need to surrender our lives over to you and let your spirit flow through us. For all who are in need this day, Lord, those around the world who are faced with the devastation of war, we pray that peace would come, that the leaders of this world, Lord, would find ways to negotiate and not to fight. For your church here and around the world, may we be a lighthouse of your love to those who need to know it. Lord, we give you our thanks and our praise this day that we are able to gather together to worship and to pray for one another. So be with us in a special way, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
Good morning. morning. Would you join me in our call to worship and our hymn? Praise the Lord. In the company of the saints above and beside us, let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Great are the works of the Lord, full of honor and majesty, whose righteousness endures forever. The Lord is gracious and merciful. The work of God's hands are faithful and just. God's covenant is established forever in truth and justice. Our redemption is in the name of our Lord. Holy and awesome is God's name in all the earth. Would you join me as we sing, O Worship the King? And when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority and not as the teachers of law. Just then, a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching? And with authority, he even gives orders to the impure spirits, and they obey him. News about him quickly spread over the whole region of Galilee. Thank you. 
despite the title of my sermon today, let me tell you it has nothing to do with a certain sport and two conference championship games that are going to be going on later on today. When those four teams meet today, you will have a clash of powerful forces, given the size of the offensive and defensive linemen. And I'm sure that if we let our thoughts wander a little to maybe another sport, we could come up with some other powerhouses who are going to be meeting today. Today is the men's final of the Australian Open. Yesterday was the women's. And I am sure all of us can come up with other examples of the clash of powerful forces. In our world today, we have Russia and Ukraine in a war that has been ongoing for almost two years now. Or there is Israel and Hamas who have been fighting for several months. And the reality is the clash of powerful forces has been going on for decades and centuries. But I think we all know that the clash of powerful forces isn't just in the outside world. They are also in us. We encounter them every time we hear ourselves say, I shouldn't be planning this, or I shouldn't be thinking this, or I shouldn't want this. And we really know the clash of powerful forces within us when we end up saying, I shouldn't have done that. Or I should not have said that. Do you know that if you use Microsoft Outlook, for any of you who use Microsoft Outlook for your email, and it only works on the program on your personal computer, not in a webmail server, they have an application that you can download that allows you to recall your email that you sent to somebody and you now regret having sent it. But it only works if the person has not opened the email yet. So if you send your boss an email calling him or her a jerk, you can save your career by recalling it, as long as they have not opened. <laughs> if you had them open it, you probably are going to be facing some external forces. And the Bible certainly understands the internal clash of the forces in us. The Apostle Paul wrote some of the most remarkable words about it when he put it this way. What I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way, but then I act another, doing things I absolutely despise. Anybody relate to that one? I know I certainly can. Let's face it, we have all had that experience of being torn between doing what is right, what is wrong, and sometimes we end up doing what is wrong. There are things that we have done that we don't want to share with anyone. We probably don't even want to remember it ourselves. We're right there with Paul when he says, I don't understand myself. I do what I despise. Old Testament book of Proverbs even talks about making the right choice between the path of righteousness and the way of the wicked. Now these are sayings that go back over 3,000 years. Now just here's a few verses. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of the evildoer. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. 
Russian author Alexander Solzhenitsyn, in his book, The Gulag Archipelago, put it this way. The line separating good and evil passes not through states, nor between classes, nor between political parties, but right through every human heart, through all human hearts. The struggle between good and evil has been going on for a long time, but it can be overcome. And so that leads us to the consideration of spiritual forces. Today's reading here in Mark's Gospel is a story about the clash of powerful forces. The clash of good versus evil. And the good news that comes out of this event is this, that the kingdom of God is near, and that means that right will triumph over wrong. And Jesus' very presence in this world indicates that God's will reign. The events in this story are kind of strange to us in our modern day world, and they don't fit with the way we see things. But I think if you try to enter this scene, perhaps you can come to a better understanding of it. There's Jesus sitting up in the front of the synagogue, teaching from either the law or the prophets. Everyone is sitting there listening to him teach. They are amazed at how he makes the words come alive. It's almost as if he was there when they were first being spoken. But more than that, it was like the love and the compassion of God was coming down from heaven in his very words as he explained the scriptures. The people are silent and they are listening to him. When all hell breaks loose, you awake? <laughs> A man stands up and says, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? You can imagine what it would be like here today if someone all of a sudden started to shout at you. The people turn around to look at him with his arms waving and pointing at Jesus. And out of a twisted mouth comes more words, words that maybe on his mouth sound like a curse I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Everyone sits there in amazement. They are frozen in fear. They can feel something is gathering. Great forces are approaching for a showdown. It is as heaven and hell, light and darkness, all have gathered for war. Yet Jesus stands there unafraid and unfazed, no hesitation, no doubt, just the order. Be quiet and come out of him. Now you notice that Jesus did not speak to the man. He spoke to that thing that was in the man. And he shakes and he screams, he falls to the ground, and then he looks different. He is now at peace and not saying a word. And those who have gathered there to worship are stunned. They can only say one thing about all of this. It was about Jesus. Who can have authority like that? Jesus not only spoke with love and compassion from God, but he brings about healing in a man's life. Evil flees at his command. 
Jesus truly teaches in a different way than the religious leaders. So let's face it. In our modern times, people think of evil and hell as something out of a bad Hollywood movie. Or the comic devil wearing his red tights with his pitchfork. However, there are very educated people who do believe in the demonic and that we contend with it. Back in 2016 in the Washington Post, there was an article written by Dr. Richard Gallagher. He is a board-certified psychiatrist, and he is a professor of clinical psychiatry at the New York Medical College. The article is entitled, As a Psychiatrist, I Diagnose Mental Illness. Also, I Help Spot Demonic Possession. For over 20 years, he worked with clergy from different denominations in helping to ascertain if the person that they were dealing with was suffering from a psychosis or the demonic. And he says, most of the time, it is a psychiatric issue. But he says, there are exceptions. And in writing about the demonic, this is what he said. Careful observation of the evidence presented to me in my career has led me to believe that certain extremely uncommon cases can be explained no other way. And he goes on and says, The assaults upon individuals are classified either as demonic possession or the slightly more common oppression, demonic oppressions. I'll finish up with his last statement here. He says, as a psychoanalyst, a blanket rejection of the possibility of demonic attacks seems less logical and often wishful in nature than a careful appraisal of the facts. In this encounter between Jesus and this man, there are some very powerful forces involved. And I believe that this was some form of demonic attack that was going on this man and also being directed towards Jesus. And this is certainly not the first time that Jesus had to deal with that. Matthew goes into detail when he tells us about Jesus going off into the wilderness for 40 days of prayer and fasting before he starts his public ministry. And in that 40 days, at the end of it, the devil comes to him and tempts him. The temptation to go against God's righteous ways does not always arise from within us, like Paul said. Sometimes they are from beyond us, from the realm that seeks to undo what God is doing. These forces seek to manipulate us and to tempt us, to make us ignore what God has called us to do and to be. And those outside voices call us to turn towards our self-centered wants. I've had those in my time. I'm sure some of you had it as well. When you wish that you could say or have that thing done, undone. That thing in you. We want to be with Jesus and hear him say, come out of him. Things that we do that we wish we wouldn't do. Maybe as simple as that desire that we get at 10 o'clock at night to eat that food with lots of calories. Or it may be dealing with an addiction that we need to have taken out of us. 
The truth that emerges from this story, in my opinion, is this. Jesus has authority and Jesus has power over all things in this world and in our life, even the self-destructive ones. It is just a matter of opening ourselves up to him and letting his power come into us so we can overcome them. Two sentences after Paul wrote about his doing what he does not want to do, he writes about how he and how we can overcome that. And this is what he wrote. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. When Jesus delivers us, that is when peace comes into our soul that may have been tormented. The ultimate good news in this story is this. In the clash of powerful forces that are in our world, that are in our life, that struggle between right and wrong, between good and evil, in the presence of Jesus, the outcome is certain. God's reign has started and the victory is his. As we build our relationship with the Holy One of God, we build our life on Christ, the solid rock. Thanks be to God. I'm going to ask you to take your hymnal and we're going to sing praise to God. Now go in God's name, seeking to follow Christ, sharing his love and his word with those around us. Go now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
You've been listening to the 10 a.m. service from the Avon United Methodist Church, located at 130 Genesee Street in the village of Avon. We hope that you have experienced the love of Jesus Christ during your time with us. We invite you to join us on the air weekly at 7.30 a.m. Sundays or in person at 10 a.m. Please visit us on the web at avonnyumc.org or call us at 226-8600. May God richly bless you.